Welcome back, everyone, to another segment of Rabbi Jeff's Spirit of where we attempt to understand the meaning behind the instructions of our sages and how it's relevant to our lives today. We do this, of course, using the thoughts of our teachers before us and try to make them applicable to our times. Feel free, please, to contact me with any comments or questions at rjfromlj at aol.com. The Pirkei Avis Podcast is a project of the Intentional Jew Podcast Network, where we actively encourage Jews to think and engage in the search of how to be intentionally Jewish. Check us out on intentionaljew.com. Okay, we're in the mission of Benzoma. Benzoma is Benzoma. Benzoma says, "Ezul Chafin, who is a wise person? How long we call Adam? A person who learns from everyone." Shenem, as it says, "We call Malamidai Hiskalchi." From all Malamdai, which we we take as being like all my teachers, so Hiskalchi, I become wise. Because your edos, your your statutes, your teaching are sicholi, is what I'm going to talk about. In other words, that I learned the Torah from from all of my teachers, and even from those that were smaller than me, and I wasn't worried about my own kavod. I was worried about my learning, um, because edosecha sicholi, because uh, my whole kavana, my whole intention was that I would be um, I'd be learning your Torah, and I would be connected to to you through this. And that's, that's the way that the commentaries understand what Ben Zoma is saying, that a Chochem is a person who learns, and the proof text is, He asked the question, he said, but wait a second, that of course we call Malam Dehiskalti, of course you got wise from all of the teachers, you're supposed to get wise from all your teachers. And then yesterday we were left with a little bomb at the end, that we said that everybody in the world is a teacher for everyone, and we mentioned Haman, and we mentioned even um, the, the job of the student is to learn from everyone, to recognize that every moment and every opportunity, every moment is an opportunity to be able to, to learn something. That there isn't a person in the world that doesn't have something to teach me and, and something, to, something that, that can inform and can, can, can really direct and lift up my life. When a person has that understanding, so then you have a very different relationship to relationships. You look at a relationship as an opportunity to be able to grow from another person. You know, very often we look at a relationship, unfortunately, as to the, the extent to which we're going to it and the extent to which we're going to control it. But very rarely do we look at it as an opportunity to be able to learn from from the other person, and ultimately, and we talk about this even in even in marriage, that ultimately the the perfect relationship is a relationship that not only has ava but a relationship that has kavod also, that has respect also, and respect comes from the the fact that we are opposites to each other, but yet I want to be able to understand the world from your perspective. When we say, and we're going to talk about this in a few a few places here, but when we talk about Rabbi Kiva's students, and we say that that they didn't show proper honor to each other, what that means is, is that they they had Ava because they, it, it, when it, the Talmud lists them as students of Rabbi Kiva, 24,000 students, it doesn't say there were 24,000 students. It says there were 12,000 pairs of students, which means that they had Ava, they had love of each other. What they didn't have was an ability to be able to recognize that where they are different, they're nevertheless still a connection. 
that I, I respect the fact that you and I see things from different perspectives. I want to hear your perspective so that I can understand it and learn something from it. I might argue with it. I might not be able to accept it and put it into my life, but I want to hear it because I appreciate that there might be something there. And, and that is the, that is the Chacham. The Chacham is the person that has, that, that not my teachers per se, but from every person that I have put in my life as my teacher, which means for a real Chacham, every person. Every person has something to, to say to me and something to inform, to inform my life. When I, when I meet a person who is short with other people, a person who has got no temper, I mean, no, no patience, so then I have plenty to learn from that person. The person is, the person is my rabbi on some level, meaning that the person, I can learn from that person, get to know that person, understand the shortcoming of that person and as something that I don't want to incorporate in my life or to remove. I recognize it in myself and I want to remove it. There isn't a situation that I can't approach and say, I have something to learn from this. Let me see how this person is going to deal with that situation. And that's going to teach me a lot. And again, we, 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 don't often, we don't often approach situations like that. We often approach situations of, let me see if I can get through this situation. Let me see if I can, you know, if I can, if I can um, protect myself enough that the other person doesn't hurt me as opposed to, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But I have a lot to learn from that person about the way to conduct and not to conduct yourself. And that's an important thing also, to, to be able to learn how not to conduct yourself is also learning a lesson. And that's what we learned from Haman. That's what we learned from, um, from Hitler, we learned that from all of our enemies. We learn what not to do. Now, why is it important to learn what not to do? Follow what you're supposed to do and, and you learn what not to do. In other words, just do, do what you have to do because every person has an ability to be able to, to do something wrong. Every person has that, as we learn in the, in the other ones, that, you know, the Kovish Yashitsu, a person who is, um, who subdues his nature, everybody has a, a possibility that they could go in the wrong direction. And therefore, we have to have in front of our eyes examples of what happens when you go off the, off the direction, when you go off the path, and therefore commit ourselves not to do that. But there's something, there's something I think even greater than that. The Gemara says that when Haman took, when Ahasuerus took his ring off, and he gave it to Haman, so then that was greater than the 48 prophets that we had, and every one of the prophets was there, doom and gloom, telling us what was going to happen if we didn't repent. Right, the, 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 last, the last couple of prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, right, doom and gloom, that if you're not going to do this, and God's going to destroy the temple. And he's going to, you know, the book of Echa, of Lamentations, which we just read last week. So when you read that book, it sounds like an eyewitness account of the destruction of the temple. That's what it reads. Our rabbis tell us that it was written 18 years before the destruction of the temple. That was a prophetic vision. That was the clarity of vision that Jeremiah had of what was going to happen to Jerusalem. Now that, when you read it, it is so, it's stunningly beautiful and incredibly compelling, painful. It's heartbreaking. And yet, Haman's taking off the ring and putting it on the, the hand of Haman, Haman dedicating himself to destroy and to obliterate the Jews was greater. It did more for the Jews than, than the greatest prophets did. 
because the greatest prophets, we were closed. We weren't listening. We weren't learning. We looked at them as being crazy. You know what they did to Jeremiah? They didn't like his prophecy. They stuck him in dung heaps. Dung heaps. It's one thing you throw a guy in prison, which they did that also. But you stick him inside of dung heaps. Imagine what that's like. I, I can't imagine what that's like. I can only imagine that you're in competition with the flies. I can only imagine what the, what, what the, what the terrible conditions are. And that's what they did to Yirmiyahu, they did to Jeremiah, because they didn't like his prophecies. They didn't like what he said. With Haman, we were open. By Haman, we were, we were in a place that we were, we were actually so closed, because the Talmud asked, why was it that the, the Jewish people suffered the almost destruction in the time of Haman? What was, what was so bad that we were, what did we do so bad that we almost suffered destruction in the time of Haman? So it said, because we were Nana, we had derived benefit from the Suda, from the meal of that wicked person of Ahasuerus. Now, why was that so terrible? Because what was the purpose of the meal that Ahasuerus threw, the big party that Ahasuerus threw, which features so, so mainly in the, um, the story of Purim, what was that, what was, why was that party being thrown? That party was being thrown to celebrate God's disconnection from the Jews because there was a prophecy that said that 70 years um, after the destruction of the temple, after some event, which wasn't clear what that event was, but 70 years later, then the temple was going to be rebuilt. They made a calculation. Bolsheviks are before Achashverosh, and then Achashverosh himself. They made a calculation of when those 70 years was going to be up. And according to Achashverosh, the 70 years were up. No temple was being built. And therefore, God abandoned the Jewish people. The party that was made was a party to celebrate the abandonment of God and the Jews. Now, do you understand? Every Jew in Jerusalem was at that party. Every Jew was at that party. And what was that party celebrating? The death of the Jews. The one place that you should not have shown up was to that party. Even though Vashtir Kiddos, that everything was done according to the laws, it was kosher food, and they had, and they had kosher, you know, kosher wine, and everything was 100%. They had the best hashkachas. They probably had 100 hashkachas because no one hashkacha would have been enough. Right? They had, they had all, everything you wanted. You could get at that, at that party. And yet, that was considered, it, it was crazy that the Jews should go. Not only did the Jews go to a party celebrating their separation from God, what happened at that party? Ladies and gentlemen, I hope we all know this. And if not, we'll review it again on Purim. What happened at that party was, if you listen to the Megillah being read on, on Purim, you'll hear that they switch into the tune of Echa when they say the following words, and the vessels were of all type of vessels. Now, rabbis tell us that what is the interpretation of those words? And the vessels were of all types of vessels. They brought out the kalim, the vessels of the holy temple. And Ahasuerosh was drinking wine from the, from the vessels of the holy temple. And that's the reason why we launch into the tune of Echa. Because Echa is not just about Gullus, it's not just about it's not just about destruction of the temple, and it's not just about Gullus, which is what we do. We also launch into Echo when we talk about Mordechai and where Mordechai came from and who Mordechai was. But it was we launch into it when we talk about the, the vessels, because the vessels that was a further destruction of the temple. When you say that God's never going to be rebuilt this temple, that is that is another, a further destruction of the temple. And we were so far gone, nobody said a word. I always like to give the example. Imagine you're sitting at a party, and you're sitting at a, at a fashion show, and out walks 
um, a, a lady, and the, the announcer says, and here is so-and-so, she is displaying the latest spring fashion of a beautiful leather vest made from the archives of the plunder that the Germans took from their citizens. And as she walks by, you notice that it's a safer Torah and that it's a vest that is made out of a safer Torah. Now, I would hope that you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't just faint and I would hope that you wouldn't just say, that's disgusting, I have, to write a, I have to write a letter. I would hope that you looked at it and said, how can I possibly, how can I be quiet? Look at the desecration that's happening. And you would jump up and find at least somebody in authority and say, you gotta stop this, this is really horrific. This is a desecration of the Jews. Not one person said one word. That's how cold we were. But at that moment, that we saw Haman get the ring from Achashverosh and come out with a decree that said that every last Jew was going to be destroyed, obliterated, and plundered. At that moment, we woke up because at that moment, we were able to learn something. At that moment, we looked at it and we said, what am I getting from this? Oh my God, God must be really ticked off at us. And at that moment, we were able to change our lives. I believe, though there were many people after the Holocaust that left God, there were many people that could never get their lives, their Jewish lives back on track. I mean, I can't tell you myself how many Holocaust survivors I met that would, the men would come over to me and say, um, I was a yeshiva bacher, not religious people at all. So I was a yeshiva bacher and start to quote Mishnayas and Gemaras to me of what they had learned in Europe 60 years before that had never been, and as children, and had never been forgotten for them, but they hadn't been inside a shul since they came to, since they came to America. There's an enormous amount of people like that. But look at our world. I think that, that a lot of our world, some of our world, has learned the lesson of what hatred is, of what hatred to do, of what anti-Semitism, what anti-Semitism is. I'll tell you something a little shocking that um, I have to say this in a non-Lushan Hardik way. Okay, I, I, unfortunately, not everybody is learning the lessons around them. And that's why it's important to talk about this concept of Michal Malamdai he scouted that from all things around me, I learned something because unfortunately, though Hitler is a great teacher, there was much to be learned from him. Not everybody was able to, be, to learn those lessons. I saw something very, very crushing just last week. There was someone who was very involved in the... Um, the cleaning out of, of Gaza and of the liquidation and kicking people out. And he was very, very involved. 15 years later, it's the 15th anniversary of, of that. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna give any political comment on it. Whether you agree with the politics, or don't agree with the politics, but the Jews had to be hurled out of their houses and Eretz Yisrael is certainly a painful thing. You, you might think that there was no choice and that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not getting into the politics. But to watch Yidin 
70 years after the Holocaust get thrown out of their houses by Jews, it, it, it just had to cause you to fetch. That's all. And again, no politics, just to watch such a thing. And the person who, who was very involved, he said, I had two choices. I could have lost my job in my position, or I could have, I, I could do what I, what I did in order to be able to serve my country and to, and to, do, to do what I was expected to do. And when I read that, you could have put in Heinrich Himmler, you could have put in the name of any Nazi who said that I had no choice, you could have put in the citizens, the Polish citizens, the Lithuanian citizens who said we had no choice, this is what was expected of us. And, and it just, it, it crushed me in the realization that this person was not a Mikomolanda Hiskalki. He didn't look at what happened 70 years ago and what happened throughout our history and to say that, you know, we do have choices. And, and we, can't, we can't be involved in things like this. And if it means losing my job, then it means losing my job. But I can't be like that. And that's, I think, a great, it, it's, an, it's an important lesson from us to recognize that every single situation that we're in, every single thing that happens to us is a teaching moment. It's something to learn from. By the way, when you're raising children and you raise children that way, so then you're happier and they're happier. You know, they do something really stupid, really stupid. I cannot know I have seven children, and my, my children were, were perfect, of course, and, and never got into any trouble. Um, and, and thank God they were, they were just angels, but nevertheless, they, they were not. I'm just joking. Um, and, and, but when I looked, whenever they did something, and I had, I had kids that did kid things, you know, teenage, teenage things, and, and needed, to be, needed to be taught. There were two ways to handle it. You could cream them because some of the stuff they did was pretty ridiculous. Um, or you can look at it and say, what an incredible teaching moment. And there were two things that I could teach them. One is I could teach them the mistake that they made. And the second thing I can teach them is how to deal with, with life when things don't go the way they're supposed to go. And you, you look at it, you deal with it, and you move on. And I, I know for sure for one of my children that I, I taught him that lesson very, very clearly. I don't know if, if all the rest got it, but I know that one of them got it very clearly. Once did something very ridiculous. Obviously, I'm not, you know, not going to go into it, but he did something ridiculous. And I, and I dealt with it in a way that I, I, didn't get, I, I, didn't, I didn't flip out at him, which it was worthy to. I didn't flip out at him. I didn't, I didn't give him any of those things. I taught him the mistake that he made. And that, it built a trust in him, to, to me. It built a trust in him of himself that, that this could have broken him, but it didn't. And, and he looked at himself and he said, you know what? I, I, need to, I, I need to learn from this. And he learned tremendous things from it. That's what it means, Michal Melanda Hiskalpi. Melanda doesn't mean my teachers. Melanda means everything that could teach me something, and everything could teach me something. You know, the corona, <laughs> there is no shortage of lessons to learn in corona. Every single person has something to learn. And if we learn nothing from corona, if we, if, you know, if it's, it's hard for us to think of the messages and the lessons that we learned from Corona, it just means that we're not following this dictum 
of Michol Melamdai Hiskalti. From all those who have made me wise, all those who teach me, I have something to learn. That's the bottom line, my friends. That we have something to learn from every single thing that happens in our lives. And we live healthier lives and we live more, more integrated lives when we're able to look at every moment and say, what's the lesson that I'm supposed to learn from here? Not always do we get the right lesson, but it doesn't really matter. As long as you're learning a lesson, you're learning something. And that is a chacham. So maybe I mentioned yesterday that he was reading from a commentary and the commentary said that, you know, we, we learn a lot from our mistakes, but we learn more from the people around us. We do learn a lot from our mistakes, but only if we, if we learn from them. We, we learn a lot from everything, from even the beautiful things that happen in our lives, only if we think about it. How often do we stop to think about the blessings that are given to us and from God and look at them and say, wow, I wonder why I got that. I, I wonder what I did to deserve this amazing thing. And what do I have to learn from, from this thing? There isn't a thing or a moment that happens in our lives that's not there to teach us something. And that's the first lesson that Benzoma wants to teach us. Who is a Chacham? Hello made me call Adam, but not just a Lemmy me call Adam, but a Lemmy made me call Melanda Iskalti from every teaching moment from every event, everything in this world, I have something to learn from, both positive and negative, of how to live my life. Okay, my thoughts. Um, I did think that I was, I was gonna be able to do two of them today. But I, uh, whatever, it's all good. Um, okay, tomorrow we're gonna deal with Ezu Gibor, and hopefully also with um, even though you think that Sameach B'chalko should take like, you know, days, but it's really, a, a, we're going we're to contain it, I think, to a simple formula. Um, and then we'll deal with, uh, with cover. All right. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Have a wonderful day.